Welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series where we interview firm executives and thought leaders, as well as third-party industry luminaries and experts on important trends, topics, and leading practices. My name is Stan Lapique, and I lead global research for KPMG's Management Consulting Services Group. And I'm pleased to have back with us again here today on Advice Worth Keeping, Mr. Caleb Kern. Kale is a regular on our podcast, and he's joined by a colleague of his, Mr. Gregory Muller. Greg, thanks for joining us, and Caleb, great to have you back here again today on Advice Worth Keeping. Thanks, Dan. We're happy to be here. So we wanted to talk about cybersecurity, which is a huge topic and an extremely important topic, but we want to talk about it in the context of development operations. So when we talk about DevOps, what are we really talking about? I know we've done podcasts on this recently, but I think it's a good level set for our listeners to understand the context in which we're talking about cybersecurity. So maybe start out if you could give us a little bit of your perspective from a cybersecurity expert on DevOps as it relates to cybersecurity. For our audience who may or may not touch this every day, I'd like to, like you said, set the table real quickly. When we talk about what DevOps is, I think there's a million opinions on this, but I think most would agree the goal that we're trying to accomplish with DevOps is an accelerated delivery of software to the business so that they can outcompete and outperform those around them or at least better answer the market demands in a more agile way than we used to in the past where we may recall the days of deploying a new group of code every six months, perhaps every three months. Most organizations these days are hoping to do better than that by delivering maybe every two weeks or even more often in really high-performing environments where they have maybe multiple deployments per day. The set of capabilities and abilities in an organization to meet that new pace, those behaviors and phenomenon are usually lumped into one big thing that we all call DevOps. What we'd like to talk about today are how do you do that, not only at scale, but safely, deploying code that is secure and into an environment that is also secure. That's what we'd like to focus on with you today, Stan, is how we see organizations prioritizing that big list of things they could do to the things that are probably right for them based on where they are in that journey. Where are organizations at today? Are organizations at risk? Are firms not doing a good job at this? Or is it just more of a proactive thing that organizations should be doing to prepare for the future? Yeah, great question. I think the data and the headlines suggest that, by and large, we're not where we want to be with security as a whole. And application security, I think, is a hot spot if we were to have a heat map of places that deserve attention. Clearly, there's regular cadence of compromise and breaches in the news. And in KPMG's own research with our CIO survey, the leaders at our clients will share that their top priorities in the coming year or 18 months is improving their cybersecurity posture. I think that's one of the backdrops for this conversation is if we're honest with ourselves, we're really not as good as we'd like to be, and our boards and customers expect us to be with security, and application security is one of those areas that probably deserve even more attention than others. Okay, so this is a real problem today, and it's not something we should think about as far as the future. So, Greg, what should organizations be doing to look at? How do they better understand how secure their DevOps operations are, for example? When you look at the software development life cycle, all the way from planning of a new project to the monitoring of an application or service running in production, there are actually quite a few areas where you can introduce a capability or a behavior to help reduce risk. An important note, though, is that not all of these opportunities are created equal. And in fact, there's actually a large and significant variance in 
the cost and effectiveness of different capabilities. Not to mention that reducing risk earlier on is typically much more impactful than trying to lasso a problem down the road. Another really important consideration when looking at your organization's ability to integrate security into its DevOps environment is the current sophistication and adoption of those capabilities or behaviors. So even if a particular capability has a relatively low implementation cost and a high ability to reduce risk, there may actually be a better short-term objective if the more costly capability is already partially in place. This is why it's essential that you understand what you have before you start building out what you want. Let me tell a quick story on that one, Stan. Some of our audience may feel like this is a topic maybe meant for certain industries more than others. We would agree that there are certain industries that are leading the way in this. Financial services tend to really be big on this type of adoption, as well as obviously tech companies are leading the pack and sometimes followed by healthcare. But by and large, no matter where you are, you still face this pressure to deliver code more often and securely. But even in conversations we've had with those West Coast tech companies who haven't even existed for more than five years because they don't have a lot of that legacy, I'll call it baggage, they do enjoy rapid inertia in their ability to deliver. Even in those environments where you say, gosh, I wish I had all of those engineers and security folks because they're leading the pack, all these behaviors we'd like to see out there, even when you talk to them, you say, how are you prioritizing all these great things that those smart people are doing? And they may recognize that they honestly don't have a plan. Right? They don't have a strategy that says, you know what, that's a great idea, but the biggest bang for the buck in reducing risk across the software development lifecycle is actually this thing over here. So let's put that on hold. We hear that from the front lines regularly. So it's not just a common legacy firm issue then, every firm's issue. Right? Yeah, everybody should invest in confirming that the things they're doing are the right things for them. Greg said one of the ways we encourage our customers to think about this is making sure that the, the technology they may have put in place to help reduce risk along that software development lifecycle is being exploited and adopted the way it's supposed to be. But the other thing I think I would remind our leaders about is technology is only a part of the answer to this. I think those who've been around a little while will start nodding their heads if we say things like automation is not everything. It's a key reflex for technologists. Like, we love to put new tooling in place and see how far that gets us, and you know, hopefully you'll implement it well, like Greg was saying. But there's also the human aspect. And pound for pound, there's only so far that technology can get you, but it's the dialogue, say, between the two sides of the house, like for information security and your developers. Those relationships and that engagement to enable them to do their job better and prevent those risks from making it into production are really key drivers, and it's a whole set of activities that you've seen and have lists of that we encourage our customers to consider appropriately when balancing like the technology side of the house as opposed to the people side, which is often, I think, an afterthought, but shouldn't be. And that's what actually our data shows. So then you would say that the focus of management, not on the technical side, is part of the inherent challenge as much as it is the technology. Is that accurate? Yeah, perfectly said. Okay. Based on your travel, what are some of the key things that organizations should be doing relative to lessons learned as far as putting together a strategy so it's articulated? This isn't just a problem of old-fashioned legacy firms. It's a challenge for every organization. What are some of the best practices you've seen? Is it about more money? Is it about more people? Is it about better practices? Is it about all of the above? Again, this is a perpetual challenge, so maybe they're not succeeding at it, but they're at least keeping up. It's a great question. A lot of companies will procure a solution that they think will solve one of these problems or meet the needs of one of these capabilities, and then they kind of just forget about it. There are some crucial steps around marketing and branding of that capability to all the different teams who will use it, 
as well as measuring success of that capability. Like I said, a lot of companies will just spin something up and not actually track how it's doing. And so some of those steps that seem much, much easier are actually the ones that need a bit more focus from a lot of different companies in the industry. What do you think would be success metrics to say that this investment was worthwhile? I mean, at the end of the day, the main goal is to reduce risk for the business. It's an investment to save money down the road by limiting or hopefully preventing the chance of a data breach. Okay, that's the ultimate goal then, limiting data breaches or limiting the extensiveness of a data breach were it to happen. What we're hoping to do is minimize the probability of compromise or a breach. If we were to have one, minimize the pain that it caused. It recover quickly and or just minimize the blast radius associated with any kind of slip up like that. No, that makes sense. That's certainly the attention of the organization. So I think that gives our listeners some good marketing orders, not just about buying the best technology to address these issues. It's also about looking at the personnel and the organization that you have in place to address these challenges. Would that be correct? The other word I would include in there is culture. Culture goes okay. a long way enabling uh, the trust and um this kind of proactive security. I don't want to say security first, right? Security <laughs> shouldn't be the first, first thing that a business thinks about, but it can't not be on the radar, which I think in a lot of places it still is, and there's a lot of opportunity there. So that culture... Well, but given some of the breaches we've seen recently, maybe it should be not first, pretty close to the top of the list. Yep. And like I said, that's what CIOs are telling us is on their agenda, but it's that connection between what leadership is hoping for and what happens downstream is the opportunity. Great point. Okay, Caleb, great. Thank you very much for your time today and, of course, for keeping great insights, both from a technical standpoint as well as a cultural standpoint. So thank you both for your time. And you can find the links to the items you referenced in the show today below the podcast if you're online, of course. The URL for that is kpmg.com slash US slash podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for your participation.